In this episode, I am joined by a special guest, Alex McNeil, who is a fellow Melbourneian. She is the owner and head coach at Girls Who Lift and is herself a competitive powerlifter. In the conversation that we have, we talk about a lot of different topics, but some of the topics are getting into novice competing, Alex's journey herself. We talk about the mindset of an athlete. How does one handle failure? We talk about body image, weight classes, and expressing ourselves as the individuals that we are and having the confidence to do so. So I hope you absolutely love the episode. If you do, definitely tag both the Fit and Free podcast account and Alex's account and give us a share on the stories. But without further ado, away we go. Welcome to the Fit and Free with AIM podcast. I'm your host, Amy Louise. By listening to this podcast, you'll gain clarity and apply now principles in relation to training, nutrition, and mindset, all designed to help you build a strong and lean physique and show up as your best self at the same time. If you're a woman who struggles with excessive behaviors when it comes to training and nutrition and think of yourself as a perfectionist, I hear you, I see you, I was you, and I know that you're in exactly the right place to turn that ship around and build a body you love inside and out. So let's go. A very warm welcome to our special guest today, who is Alex McNeil. Alex, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. We were just speaking about before how, you know, the last couple of years in Melbourne has been a wild ride. Um, this week, are you business as usual? Are you back from holidays? Like what's happening for you this week? Yeah, so it definitely has been crazy. So hoping that this year things start to get a little bit more normal. Um, but I am back. So this is the first week of face-to-face coaching. Um, I had a week away back home in Tassie. Um, so pretty much everything's back to normal. A few of the girls are still away on holidays, but, um, yeah, business back to usual. Awesome. Uh, I'd love to start this podcast with a bit of a dive into your history. So your journey, both as, um, a competitive power lifter, but also as a coach. So you've got the floor, you can take as long as you like, if you can talk us through, you know, how you got into power lifting and how you got into coaching. Mm, awesome. So Okay, I guess, well, I started lifting weights um, quite a while ago, so probably about 10 years ago. I was playing soccer in America at the time, um, and I I had an injury. And um, going to the gym and lifting weights was the only thing I could really do um, pain-free. And I just started really loving it. Um, From there, I, you know, obviously got a little bit strong. Um, And then I rocked up to the gym that I work at now, um, about three years ago and there was a guy in the gym who was like damn like you're really strong and I was like oh you know I, am I like people just have no clue um, and he was like I'd love to um, coach you for a powerlifting competition and at the time I was like you know what's powerlifting I had no idea about the sport um, but I was like yeah cool why not you know I always love a challenge and I come from, um, you know, a competing background. I've always played sport and things like that. Um, so I did my first comp. Um, I was 
one of the only girls competing at the time um, and they definitely were not any female coaches. So back then, which was only, you know, three years ago, it was a very male-dominated space and it still is, but it has, yeah, changed um, significantly over the last few years. Um, so I did my first comp um, and I won um, and I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> um, so I qualified for nationals and then I ended up winning that as well. Um, and I broke a few records, which was really cool for my second comp. Um, and yeah, I just thought, you know what? I need to get more women into this space because the emphasis is on just getting really strong, um, you know, bettering yourself, obviously having that competition and that thing to work towards. Um, I felt my confidence within my body and um, everything like that, you know, was, you know, like increasing and I was feeling so much better about myself and yeah I just thought more women need to jump into this um so from there I started Girls Who Lift which is my business um it's a female only strength training business but we specialize in powerlifting. um so I started my first intake was actually a six week learn how to squat bench and deadlift so if you are new to powerlifting, um in a competition, you squat, you bench, and you deadlift, and whoever lifts the most wins, essentially. Um, and yeah, I got a lot of interest. So a lot of girls wanting to get strong, which was really cool because, you know, a lot of us, for a lot of our lives, the emphasis is on how small can we get, how skinny can we get, how much weight can we lose? Um, and now it's like, how strong can I get, you know? And so, yeah, we did the first intake and I was really successful. Um, I was so nervous. <laughs> I was doing sort of group fitness training at the time, but, you know, launching a business, as you would know, like it's so daunting and scary. And I sat in my car for, you know, half an hour before shitting myself before that first um, session. Um, but it was amazing. And then we, we launched our second intake six weeks after that and we grew and we just kept growing and growing and growing. And um, now instead of running those six-week programs, we just have ongoing uh, coaching. And since then, we've had probably 30 girls compete in competitions all over Australia, which is amazing. Um, and we're really changing the space for women in powerlifting. So we bring, you know, big teams of females to competitions, which you know, has never been seen before, um, which is really exciting. So, yeah, um, that's kind of how Girls Who Lift got started. And then it's finding that balance of myself being an athlete um, and then obviously coaching coaching the women at their competitions as well. Yeah. <clears throat> I've got so many questions that come out of that. The first yeah. one is when you first walk into that gym and, and the powerlifting coach um, approached you, had you just been coaching yourself to that point? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. So I actually, at that point, yeah, I had been coaching myself. I never sort of had a PT or anything like that. I was using the Sweat app, actually, and I was using Stephanie Sanzo's program on there. She had like a, a strength-based program, um, and that was kind of the first time I ever saw, you know, benching um, and things like that. So, yeah, I was following her program just through the app um, and just sort of doing my own thing. Do you remember um, what your kind of numbers were back when he approached you? Like the yeah, I was actually thinking about this the other day. So 
I think I was squatting about 100 kilos. Um, I think I was benching like 60. And I think I was deadlifting like 120. Yeah, amazing. And you're like, am I strong? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I have no idea. Um, I was like, I, I feel strong, but it's hard when, I don't know, like you have nothing to compare it to. I think I've seen so many girls too that I've coached before. <clears throat> I've only coached, I've, I don't know, three or four um, clients to a novice meet, but they've all been like, can I, like, can I, am I? Yeah. Like, yeah, like <laughs> you definitely can. I think there's this, uh, a definitely a sense of, well, I'm not lifting what I'm mm-hmm. seeing, you know, the elite level athletes do on Instagram. Therefore I can't yep. help you novice lift. And it's like, that's like what you're seeing is the top 1% in the world. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um, I, yeah, I'm exactly the same. Whenever I even bring up um, competing to any of the girls, especially if they're new, it's, it's the same reaction. It's, you know, I'm not strong enough. Um, and I guess what people don't realize is if you can squat, bench and deadlift to a competition standard and you know the rules and the referee calls, literally anyone can compete. Yeah, it's and I totally agree with you too with the um, the notion that we're getting away from constantly focusing on only trying to achieve a fat loss result through training or just seeing training as a means to burn calories. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I, I want to do, I've done bikini comps before and I want to do one at the end of the year. So like I'm all for physique, right? But um, at the same time, I think that it's really important that um, women do have an outlet to to train and get stronger. And I, I've seen, which you would have too, just the improvement in self-confidence that comes with that mm. different perspective of a training goal. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And it's also that fine balance of, you know, we, we all want to look good naked, right? Like we are there to to train, to get strong, and we want to look good. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said that wasn't important. Um, but for, you know, certain times of the year, it's nice for that to not be the number one focus. And then having that allocated time of, you know what, my comps are done. Now I do want to focus on fat loss or I do want to focus on, something else um and you've built up you know that amazing amount of muscle mass um which is going to show when you do have that fat loss phase um so it's it, it's okay it's great to look good we all want to look good um but it's good to have different goals yeah at different times of the year and you know what I also think there was that I don't know maybe it was a few years ago this whole like powerlifters are all overweight needing donuts it's yeah. like that's just like that's it's such a stereotype that's mm-hmm. like not actually true I guess again you know with socials we might be seeing like I'm not sure what the classification is do they say like heavyweights for men but we might be seeing these you know really big dudes powerlifting mm-hmm. and it's like that's not what like the what everyone looks like or what you have to do to be a powerlifter a hundred percent I think um yeah kind of like I guess stereotypically, you know, powerlifters are these big, scary dudes with, you know, beards and face tattoos and whatever, uh, which is cool. Like some of them are, you know, and some of them are my, my closest friends as well. Um, but it's just so not the case now. And we're kind of shifting from, you know, powerlifters being big and fat and, and quite unhealthy to um, a, a much more healthier approach to the sport. 
Um, and obviously nutrition is now playing a big part in the sport as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's making a difference to the overall health of people because yes, we want to be as strong as possible and there are definitely elements of the sport that are not healthy. Um, however, for, you know, long-term health and, and if we want to spend a, a good amount of time in this sport, we do need to keep our health at the forefront. I'm curious, Alex, when you say, you know, there are some aspects that aren't quite healthy, um, what would you say that they might be? Yeah. Um, okay. So there's obviously the the elephant in the room, which is um, a lot of people do take performance enhancing drugs, which is, you know, a personal choice. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying that's unhealthy because, you know, there's there's healthier ways to do things and there's still that stigma around it um, as well. However, there's very unhealthy ways to do that as well, um, which unfortunately, because of the lack of education around PEDs um, and the stigma behind it, uh, it can be a slippery slope for a lot of people. Um, so that's, it's not my area of expertise, um, but it is, people should be aware that it does exist and it can be very beneficial um, for people in order to be the strongest that they can be. Because, you know, we would be lying if we said the strongest people in the world, the majority of them aren't natural, right? And, you know, I'm never gonna squat 300 kilos because there are things that I don't wanna do and I don't wanna take and that's my personal choice. And there's some women who do wanna go down that road and that's cool, they, they will, how can I say this? <laughs> They will probably be stronger than me if they want to take PEDs. Um, I just think there needs to be a little bit more transparency around the topic and a little bit more education. Um, so if you do want to go down that road, um, you're informed and you know what you're doing and you're working with a professional. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like you know, the bikini trend took off, geez, I don't know, 10 years ago or something or you know maybe a little bit less and really really heavy on social media and it's like not talking about you know going to the Olympia or whatever but just complete competing in local shows like you don't need to be taking anything to do that yeah 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 so many women are like well this coach has approached me and they have said you should be taking x y and z and they do um, yeah and unfortunately the coach is not well informed there yeah and and I think yeah, in both sports, it's it's something to really have a think about, and just making sure that um, if it's something that you do want to do, that your your coach has results of I guess people doing it in like you said the most healthy manner possible, yeah. um, and really good feedback uh, and respect, and and their own education and continued learning in the space because they're. Uh, from what I understand, there are a lot of people doing a lot of really stupid things for the mm. <laughs> Absolutely. And I guess for anyone who's listening to this who, you know, has maybe been approached by a coach um, to take certain things, just make sure you are doing your research. Um, make sure you're getting your blood work done. Um, make sure you're very on top of things because, unfortunately, especially with social media, there are a lot of people who, you know, they they want they want to see their client on top of the podium and they don't care what it takes in order to get their client there. Um, so just make sure that, yeah, you're very well informed um, before you do go down that road. Yeah. It's not something I've pondered too much, but 
I'm sort of leaning towards having the opinion that if a coach is the first person that comes to you and says you should take something, not the other way around, not you being curious and approaching a coach, maybe yeah. something wrong there. <laughs> like maybe totally, yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It should definitely come from the athlete. Um, and yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think it has become possibly a little bit too common. Um, but yeah, as long as you're staying very well informed and you're, you know, doing all the right things, making sure your hormone levels are, you know, healthy and getting your blood work done and yeah, but it can definitely be a slippery slope. So it's a hard one. This is a question I was going to ask a little bit later down the track, but I think it's a good segue. So have you ever had clients who I guess perhaps are comparing their results to someone who is assisted and they don't realise and you've had to have the conversation like, you know, I think the people that you're looking at or the people you're comparing them to, there might be some assistance going on and like they're like, shit, I had no idea. Mm. Oh, yeah. And especially, you know, my team, are we're everyday girls, you know, like, girls who lift and, um, you know, all the girls on the team, they, they work their, you know, their, their jobs, their, their jobs aren't to be powerlifters. They do this because they enjoy it, they love it and they want to be strong. Um, so when they do compare themselves to those people who are stronger or who have been lifting for a long time, um, I'm just very blunt with them and like, they know me. So I would just say, well, you know, they're on gear or, whatever and I think when you're new into the sport it's very shocking um because you think wow like you don't you wouldn't assume that someone was taking a performance enhancing drug um but obviously the longer you're in the sport the more common and you know the more not as shocking it seems so yeah I'm just really blunt with the girls I'm like just so you guys know 90% 90% of the people you <laughs> look up to are probably on something. So don't compare yourself to them. Compare yourself to yourself. Um, there are still a lot of natural athletes out there. Um, and you know what? Saying that, though, it's important to note just because you are taking something, um, it doesn't actually take away from that athlete. They're still amazing athletes. It, it's a 1% you know, increase, right? So they still have to put in all the work. They're still very strong. They're amazing. Um, it doesn't take away anything from them. It's just an enhancement of everything else. But it is important for other women to be aware of that. Um, and I think that would be similar in bodybuilding as well, hey? People comparing mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. Absolutely. I've told this story on the podcast a couple of times, but uh, I, I reckon I was maybe a year into being a personal trainer and I was with my coach and there was a IFBB bikini competitor at our gym and I was like Farah how does she get so jacked so quick like she's so lean like what am I doing wrong basically and he was like look aim <laughs> and we had the conversation and I was I was shocked and like I yeah. should but now I'm like Farah I shouldn't have been shocked like of course but yeah. um you know I think at the time I was just like I just had no idea and I thought that there was something wrong with me. I thought I wasn't training hard enough, whatever, whatever. Um, so, yeah, with even with my clients, a lot of them will look up to um, some sort of athlete. Sometimes it's bikini com- competitors. Sometimes it's powerlifting women. There's lots of different things. And it's like, you know, what you never know. Like, you know, some people have amazing yeah. genetics, right, and some people can look like absolute freaks and 
be totally natural. Like we really don't remember. Yeah. But let's just like, I, I think it's really good to admire people's work ethics, their drive, their dedication, all those sorts of things. But we're only ever going to be able to lift what we can lift, you know, if, if we're pushing to our potential and we're only going to ever look like how we're going to look like. I can't grow an extra foot. Like it's not going to happen. Mm. You know? um, so I think it's awesome to have these people that are, you know, help us expand our ideas of what's possible. And yeah. you know, maybe if she can do it, maybe we can do it too, which is awesome. But I have seen some girls sometimes get very, very upset and down on themselves because they don't look like ex-celebrity, yeah. ex-athlete. And it's like, man, you just don't know. You know, number one, like you said, it may not be their profession. Like it's not your profession. Yeah. You're doing yeah. this for fun and hopefully for fun and, and health. Yeah. But yeah, I've seen some girls get really upset that they they don't meet their own standards uh, or their standards in their heads of professional athletes. Yeah, totally. And I, I guess that's where it's important for that transparency. Um, unfortunately, though, people just get so, um, what's the word, like, attacked if they were to come out and say that they were they were you know using an enhancement um which is kind of like you know people should be more honest about it and I really appreciate um the honesty of some athletes um because yeah it it, it means that other people won't have those unrealistic expectations um that they're going to get super just in you know four or five months um yeah which would be amazing (laughs) but obviously not possible. Yeah, it's like, you know, people don't realise there's contracts that they've signed, there's brand deals, yeah. they can't yeah. those sorts of things. So it's like, and like you said before, you know, it's not taking anything away from those athletes. They're still busting their ass. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think we just have to understand too, like, especially with the rise of social media and just having access to the behind the scenes to, like, the top 1% in the world. Like, yeah. You're seeing the elite yeah exactly (laughs) yeah 100 percent. and it's so easy to get caught up on comparing your numbers um I think that's something that's really um important to talk about as well because so many people just don't think they're strong enough um but there's always going to be someone stronger than you you know in, in a group of people I could be the weakest one like I'm competing at a deadlift only you know invite competition coming up next month and I have the um the weakest deadlift. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, it just depends what group of people you're with and just knowing that it has, like, nothing to do with with other people. Um, you just have to continuously get stronger and stronger and put in the work week after week after week, year after year, and you just, you will get stronger over time. Yeah, I think that's where, like, you know, it's not so much black and white. It's like competing with other people is a driver for a lot of yeah. us. And it's really fun and it makes it really fun in this community. But at the same time, there's also a, that, I don't know if balance is the right word, but being able to understand that, you know, your job is to beat your previous self. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the case for most lifters. So unless you're at an elite level, um, yeah, your job is to beat yourself, comp after comp whether it's bodybuilding or powerlifting, um, absolutely. And then over time, you're only going to get better. Mm. Speaking of numbers, uh, what are your numbers, Alex? I, I'm not sure. And what, are you, what are you going for this year? <laughs> yeah, so um, I have a very busy Feb coming up. So I've got my first three lift um, of the year. I like to do one early on so I can qualify for other comps during the year. But um, 
my goal is 200 squats, 125 bench, and then 200 deadlift. Um, that, that is my goal. I'm currently at 192 and a half squat, 182 and a half deadlift, and 120 bench. I know I had squatted 200 before, but it was in training. Yeah. So I don't count that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> how did you deal? personally as an athlete uh, last year, the year before with, you know, did you have competitions cancelled? I imagine you would have. Mm, yeah, I had lots of comps cancelled, um, especially a few competitions were um, invite only ones that I've been working really hard to qualify for. So, yeah, it was obviously very disappointing, but I just knew that I had to just keep going. If I put my foot off the, you know, accelerator, other people will overtake me. And I'm very competitive, so I will not allow that. <laughs> so, yeah, I set up my garage. Um, I made sure the girls had somewhere to train as well. So I set up a space that they could use. Um, and I just kept training and I just kept going. And I knew eventually comps will start happening again. Um, and I don't want to be a year, um, you know, apart from where I need to be uh, or a year behind of where I need to be. So, as disappointing as it is, and it was, and as hard as the last two years have been, especially in Melbourne, I just couldn't stop. I couldn't let that external factors stop my goals. Um, so I just found a way to make it work. Mm. Well, that's a good segue for this question. In terms of your own mindset, are there any practices or beliefs that you hold that continually help you drive forward? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think intrinsically, I've always been very motivated. Um, I have a very high standard for myself. Um, I guess something I've learned over the last couple of years, which I think a lot of people have learned just with COVID and whatever, is that things happen, life happens. And, you know, in my personal life, it's been a bit wild as well. But you just have to keep moving forward. and. You have to keep setting your goals. You have to keep achieving and living and because life is so short. Um, you know, I always think like as cheesy as it sounds, but, if, you know, tomorrow was my last day, would I be happy with where I was at? Would I be happy with how I treated people, the impact I made in other people's lives, you know, what I achieved personally? Um, so I guess that's my biggest motivation, yeah. So I guess no, no practices, but... I'm very mindful of just getting the most out of my day and living the life that I want to live as well. Yeah. The, the last couple of years, I think, gave a lot of us a lot of time to think about, you know, what we value, how mm. of our life is going, are we happy with that and where do we want to go? Yep. It's actually funny, Alex. So at the start of 2020, I did my first ever novice powerlifting comp. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so we went into lockdown, right? And then I just... Yeah. I just had in my garage, I had like this rickety squat rack, um, a barbell and some planks. And I had a bench actually. So I was, I was deadlifting, I was squatting and I was benching, but it got to about August and I was like, fuck, I want to go back to bodybuilding. Yeah. <laughs> so I can imagine. It was a bit of a moment for me, but I've just, I've just taken that and, and here we are. But um, I, I wanted to jump into a, a bit of a deeper, meaningful question about yeah about failure um yeah so 
especially as an athlete, but I mean, as a business mm-hmm. owner, I'm sure, you know, you might've had times um, that were challenging as well, but watch yourself talk around failure. How do you handle mm-hmm. it? And then did you have an example of a time where something initially seemed like maybe a failure and that you've come out the other side? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I love failure. Um, I love failing and I love failing forward. And the reason I love it is because it's, truly where you learn the most and you learn who you are as a person and how to improve because if we don't fail a lot of the times we're not improving or seeing um where we can improve um so if we're looking at you know let's say training for example you know you have a a set number that you have to hit for the day um and you fail it you miss it you miss a deadly for example so a few years ago I would have cracked it right? I would have thrown my belt on the ground, stormed out, had a cry um, and, you know, whatever, lost my shit. But now, and I think the longer you lift and compete for, that's still part of it. Now, when I fail, um, I think, okay, why did I fail that lift? You know, I should have got it. Was it sleep? Was it stress? Um, You know, am I a few days out from getting my period? Um, Was my technique a bit shit today? And I sort of work out what it was so then I can improve on that for next time. So, for example, in November, I failed 170, which I should have got any day, but I just could not lift it off the floor. So I sort of self-diagnosed why I failed and, you know, I had gone through a bit of a stressful day and, you know, this, that, the other. Um, And then, you know, yesterday I did 170 for five reps um, and it felt really fucking good. And if I didn't fail and if I didn't learn or understand why I failed, um, the 170 for five wouldn't have felt as good as well. Um, so I think that's really important, especially for lifters, but I sort of take that in life as well. If you do fail, something doesn't work out, cool, that's life, that happens, it's literally, it's normal, but understand why. So try to learn something from it. How are you going to grow and become better from that failure? Like failure is a shit, right? So let's try to get the most out of it um, to benefit us. Yeah, dude. I, I couldn't agree more. It's something that I've struggled with a lot. I, I don't know if you've been ever dealing with like perfectionism tendencies or anything like that, but it's something I've had his trouble with and most of my clients <laughs> struggle with it a lot. Um, and I have seen, I guess, over, over the years, sometimes when something has seemed like a failure, I've actually really taken it in my stride and just it's been like a magic moment where yeah. something has come out of it. But I guess there are other times where in, in previous years I'm getting much better now. It's, it's quite upset me. And I think with some of my clients it can really push them off into the sidelines and it, it can take quite a lot of reflection and self-talk and coaching mm. to help them move on. But the, the more I've got into this coaching space, the more I'm starting to identify myself as like a, a woman of nuance and yep. things aren't so black and white. There is a lot mm. of gray, um, you know, it's not over to the fat lady sings. And, and like you were saying there, what can we take away from this? What mm. can we use to improve? Because when I look back on my life so far, there are so many moments that potentially looked like on paper or seemed like a total failure, but what was birthed from them was better than I could ever imagine. 100%. Yeah. 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 I could not agree more. Um, We need to fail um, and we need to learn how to fail well. And I think the more you fail, the better you actually get at it. Um, And if you're not 
failing, you're probably not taking much risk in life and you're probably not pushing yourself as much as you could. Um, so I think it's a really positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. Getting back to um, your your coaching, um, I know that you uh, have put on a couple of photo shoots for your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk us through like what was your desire to do that? Um, mm-hmm. What did they get out of it? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so I really want to show women that you can be really strong, really, really strong physically. Um, but you know what? You can also express yourself um, as a woman in whatever way that feels good for you. Um, so every year we do a photo shoot um, and the theme is whatever makes you feel sexy, okay? So sometimes we have girls in their bikinis and heels and whatever. Sometimes we have girls in the dress that they wear to church because they feel beautiful in that. Whatever makes them feel good is the theme for the photo shoot. Um, and I just want to show women that you there's, you there's so many elements to being a woman, right? You can be strong. You can be ambitious. You can be sexy. You can be sensual. You can be all these things. Um, and it's just about, I guess, having the confidence to express that. So, yeah, so I, I, I like to um, have photo shoots, obviously, for content, but to show women that, you know, you can be a badass in the gym. You know, I've also shown myself bleeding out of my nose, deadlifting and all this stuff that happens. But, you know, I also have that really girly feminine side. Um, and I want to show women that you can have that as well. You know, gone are the days where you need to be, well, sorry, gone are the days where the stereotype of if you lift weights, you look like a man, right? Hopefully some people still, whatever. but we're trying to change the way women view themselves and express themselves. And I want to give women a, a platform and an outlet and an experience to do that. Yeah. I think the thing I loved about the shoots that I've seen from your guys is that there's that individuality, which you were talking mm-hmm. about before, like the, and I didn't know that this was your sort of brief to them was like, whatever, you know, was it whatever you feel good in? Yeah. 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 Um, I love that and because that individuality is really shining through individuality is really shining through the photos you can see it and it's like I think again just coming back into the comparison thing it's like I think most of most of the population is all wanting to be the same thing just this mm. kind of thing and I think as women as you know leaders in this space as women who you know a leading community of lots and lots of other women who uh, I guess potentially you know on their own journeys of self-discovery it's like setting an example that we can just be us and and it can be multiple things it's not just Alex isn't just strong (laughs) she's all these other things as well um and I really really love that and I think that that has absolutely shone through in those in those oh good yeah and that's really what I'm trying to achieve like with the girls to understand themselves and you know what if you want to rock up to a photo shoot with nipple covers on and a g-string and that makes you feel good hell yeah if you want to wear a dress from your neck to your toes and that makes you feel good amazing like whatever whatever makes you feel good but I guess understanding what that is and having the, the confidence to do that you know I'm always putting myself outside of my um comfort zone for myself growth but also to show these women hey you know if, if she can do it maybe I can do it too yeah, I do. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it? I um, 
so I came from a space of like, you know, just as a teenager and in my early 20s, like under eating, over exercise and all that sort of shit, right? Just trying to be small. Um, and the last couple of years, so since August 2020, I've pretty much been at maintenance or in a surplus and steadily gaining yeah. weight because I'm trying to build muscle mass, like very specific purpose. Mm. Um, but of course, you know, it's such a long sort of stretch um, that, that I've been in this maintenance or surplus phase. And it was like, you know, there was a part of me when I first started, I was like, are people really going to want to see this? It's not that inspiring. It's such a slow process that I'm engaging in for a really long term goal. Um, and I don't know about you, but in my opinion, I think that um, sort of the ends of the spectrum get a lot of attention on social. So being mm-hmm. super jacked, super shredded, all of those sorts of things get a lot of attention. But being sort of somewhere like average looking, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. get attention. And, and, you know, there was part of me that was thinking, is this, you know, not inspiring or not motivating or, you know, how do I, will people think I'm like mm-hmm. sloppy or whatever as a coach if they don't know the backstory and the reason why? And it's like, no, fuck that. <laughs> you know, this yeah. is exactly what I'm doing and people need to see it. Women need to see it. They need to yeah. see that it's okay to not do a deficit for a period of years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's okay to be walking around at a high body fat percentage and not be, you know, I don't need to be thrilled about it and that's fucking fine. Mm. Like it's all mm. fine. Um, yeah. I think it is really important that whatever, you know, our goals are as leaders that whatever they are, that we are showcasing them. Um, Absolutely. I think um, I, I personally find it really interesting um, and I, I don't want to say inspiring, but I guess inspiring to, um, you know, the people who are on um, surpluses and wanting to build and are sharing that story. Like I, I personally find that a lot more interesting than deficits, fat loss. I think all we see on Instagram is fat loss, fat loss, fat loss, which is cool. Like that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think when someone does share, hey, I'm actually trying to gain weight, I'm trying to gain muscle, I'm trying to gain strength, this is what I'm doing, I find that very interesting. And I think women are starting to kind of gravitate towards that. Like, hey, you know, Amy is a very knowledgeable coach. She is actually wanting to put on muscle. Like, that's very unusual. I want to learn more about that, right? Um, it's It's different. It's like, what do you mean I can have a social life and go out with my friends and lift heavy weights and not have to diet? Yeah. Like, it's almost taking that idea that people constantly have to be dieting out. Yeah, and I was also sort of thinking about, you know, when I started and, you know, the first couple of kilos, I was kind of like, I actually love this look, you know, I really liked it. And the last maybe six months, I've been like, I wouldn't actually be sitting around this body fat if I didn't have this specific goal. But yeah. I was- you know what, it's it's a really good place to, again, be showcasing that I can be in this spot and it's not ruining my fucking life. Like it's yeah. taking up every second of my brain power, whereas, you know, even five kilos lighter many years ago, I would have still felt horrible because of the way mm. I walked. And it's like, you know what, I think you can get to this place where um, your body image or trying to fit a certain standard isn't taking up your whole brain power every you know waking moment and yeah constantly critiquing and picking yourself apart and I think that I I hope that I've been able to show that at least but um yeah I, I also Alex because I guess maybe because personally you know my goals were building muscle I've been talking about a lot and I actually created a course uh, I ran last year's six weeks called growth phase and it was just about it was just an education course just about 
um, building muscle and, and it actually got you know some traction I, I, I put on a poll and I asked like do you guys want a like a shred phase one which I'm, I'm running as of Monday or do you want a growth phase one the popular one was the shred phase but I was like yeah fuck it, fuck it. I'm yeah. gonna do the growth phase <laughs> like, I'm yeah gonna- yeah good on you um, and it was really, really fun. And, you know, there were quite a number of women in there who had come from, you know, we had, we had a whole gambit. We had, you know, under eaters in there. We had um, people who had lost heaps of weight in there and then, mm-hmm. you know, uh, not wanting to be afraid of getting back to eating uh, and building muscle mass. And again, sitting at a higher weight because they have muscle mass goals. And yeah, uh, yeah I think it is really important to, to talk about this as much as we can. But actually that brings me up, brings me to a question about um, back to powerlifting and weight yeah. Women, so yeah, um, I know sometimes that uh, women can potentially like outgrow a weight class, and mm-hmm. you know, to really improve, they do need to move up. Have how do you, I guess, talk to any anyone who has been struggling with the idea of you know gaining a few kilos to mm-hmm. move up a weight class? Yeah, that's a good question. So weight classes are well, first for anyone who's listening, empower a few competing weight classes. So for example, I'm in the 67 and a half kilo weight class, which is anyone who weighs between 60 kilos and 67 and a half kilos. Now, when you compete, everyone sits in a weight class. So I guess firstly to answer your question, we need to first educate our athletes on weight classes in terms of their strength. So because I coach women, a lot of the times people are quite fixated on, on the number of their weight class. And I have so many people that want to cut for a weight class. Like you do not need to cut for a weight class, okay? Especially your first competition. Unless you're qualifying for a competition that you specifically have to be um, in that weight class for or you're breaking a record, You, what's the point? Because when you weight cut or you go on a deficit or whatever, you're potentially going to lose muscle mass and you're going to lose strength. And the whole idea of competing is to compete the strongest possible, Okay. So cutting for a weight class just to make your ego feel a little bit better, like, no, get out of here. If, if that's your mentality, you're in the wrong sport, right? So to answer your question, as you build muscle mass and as you get stronger, you're going to put on more weight on the scale. So potentially you'll go up a weight class. Um, I think the best way to tackle that with clients or with, with your athletes is just education, you know, visually if they're putting on muscle mass they probably look better than what they did in a lower weight class and they're stronger because they have more muscle mass as well um it's one of those things the stronger you get the more muscle mass you're going to put on and then potentially that means taking you to the next weight class so it's taking away that emotional connection to the weight class um and just having them understand that you want to be the strongest that you can be so, you know, 67 and a half might feel nicer for your ego than competing in the 75, but where are you going to be strongest at? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely, I think, um, uh, really important, I guess, for how a coach frames it. Um, yeah. Making sure that we're framing it in an exciting in an exciting manner. And mm. it does make logical sense. It's like, why would you want to be um, cutting into a, into a comp like, you know, yeah, it, they're pretty rough, like, especially um, towards the end. Like, I remember once I I walked past, right past my house. So, like, didn't know where I lived. Yeah. Like, it was like, a, yeah, a few, few days out. I was like, shit, you know, that was yeah. like, rude. <laughs> it is brutal. Like, I have to wake up. Um, so I sit at about 
uh, about a kilo. My coach wants me sitting at 70, but I can't sit around 68, 69. Um, and the more sort of elite you are, the higher you're going to sit. Um, and then the best way to weight cut is to do an aggressive cut, you know, like you would have done a few days out of your comp. So going on a deficit and trying to lose fat while you're prepping for a competition is kind of counterintuitive because you're going to potentially lose muscle and strength. Um, but yeah, the reason why I do cut is because I'm not as competitive in the 75 class, you know, so I, I compete with the six or seven and a half, just kind of where I sit anyway. Um, so there is obviously a time and a place to weight cut um, and to get into a weight class. But for the majority of lifters, um, it's not going to be necessary. Yeah. Yeah. It just reminded me too, like, especially with my clients who they know they're done, you know, they're, they're done with the deficit. They've got to an amazing result. And it's kind of like, we're yeah. here. And it's like, well, you know, why don't we go into even just, a, you know, pushing a roof on a maintenance phase. We don't have to yeah. go into a surplus, but um, I say to a lot of them, I want you to see any scale weight gain as a trophy for all of your hard work. You know? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, rather than seeing it as you're, you're constantly bombarded with my scale weight, either must be staying where it is or going down to be successful. Yeah. So what we're trying to do here. So, you know, every 100 grams, every half kilo, every kilo up, and, you know, you're training, you're doing, you're eating your food and all that, see that as a trophy for the effort, the hard work, and, you know, the personal mindset growth. Um, yeah, yeah. And how amazing is it when you have a client who, you know, puts on a bit of weight, say a kilo, and they're like, hell yeah, I feel stronger, I feel curvy in all the right places, you know, my social life is better. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, that's where we want you the majority of the year. We want you enjoying life. We want you feeling strong. Um, there's a time and place for fat loss, of course, if that's your goal. But, you know, feeling better within your skin, putting on weight, is it's such a um, – it's, it's empowering. Yeah. Um, the title of this podcast actually came from – from my, my transition from just having this sole focus on it's got to be fat loss, I've got to be smaller to be worthy human. And it was it was about over a six-month period for me that things totally shifted. Mm -hmm. um, part of the reason was my coach, I came to him in a really bad place. I'd just done a bikini show. I gained yeah. kilos in eight weeks, right? Yeah. Um, be the heaviest I'd ever been in my life. And he got me, I, I well, yeah, he got me and he was like, we are not dieting like that's it gone gone we're not trying to um and it was it was like minimum of six months and mm. not only did we not diet but it was my first ever surplus he was just like fucking let's go <laughs> like let's go yeah. yeah um and you know what I think I was ready because I'd seen all of the years of trying to diet well I was miserable every like yeah years anyway right so yeah. I was it I can't keep doing this I got mm -hmm. to try something new I'm just going to go all in focus on you know building muscle I knew that it was going to be a good environment to do that so and it just it, it totally changed my life and the way I saw weight gain and it really doesn't phase me anymore which is awesome but getting back to powerlifting Alex just to sort of finish off if someone's listening they're curious they want to jump in maybe they're a bit scared a bit intimidated yeah what could you say to a woman who is thinking maybe in 2022 she wants to do her first novice comp? What would you say to her? Yeah, well, firstly, I would say, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> then I would say find a coach, someone who has experience in powerlifting. Um, 
because that's going to be you, you do need a coach it's like any sort of sport if I was to compete in crossfit or olympic weightlifting I would need a coach to do so um and just go for it like you know if the last few years have taught us anything it's that we don't know what's around the corner so if you have the desire to do something just go for it what's the worst that's going to happen get the idea out that you need to be a certain level of you know you, you need to have a certain level of strength because you don't you just need to um move well um and to a competition standard and know the rules and it's so much fun like it's so much fun and then the last thing i'd say is um you should definitely everyone listening um there is a female only powerlifting comp in feb so you should come and watch that especially if you are new to the sport because it's going to be the most encouraging amazing environment um and it's actually the biggest female only powerlifting comp ever to be held in australia so that's very exciting Shit, what's the detail on that so it's called Power of Women. So I'm helping to organise it. Um, it'll be at Slaughterhouse in Moorabbin. And it is February. It's the last weekend of Feb. So there's 75 women competing, which is hectic. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's to raise money for the McGrath Foundation. So it's a charity event as well. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you are interested in powerlifting and you kind of just want to have a little look and see what it's all about. Um, yeah, open to everyone, obviously, to come come have a look at it as well. Amazing. My last question for you is a funny one. I hope, I hope it's a funny one. Yeah. How do you deal with trolls online? Oh, my God. I'm specifically referring to all of the <laughs> comments on your bench reels. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? How do I deal with it? I have gotten better. I remember the first time I got a troll, I was like, my heart dropped. Like, I felt sick I was like oh my god what but now I just have a laugh like I get trolled all the time like if you're a strong woman um or an athlete you're going to get trolled on social media and it sucks and whatever but you just can't take it personally because yeah I usually just go into their account if they're a public account and (laughs) I just have a look at their photos and I'm just like usually they're you know, 15 years old, it's some dude from a different country, whatever. So how do I deal with that? I have a laugh. I break a few records. Yeah. I become really successful and that's how I deal with it. <laughs> for, for anyone listening, can you explain, I guess, I've got one, of, I think it was one specific reel in my head, but I imagine it's happened with lots of those benching reels. Can you explain what sort of like the fallout was? <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the times people don't realise you know, a powerlifting bench is a little bit different to a regular bench because you're trying to decrease your range of motion, whatever. So um, one of my, actually a few of my reels have gone a little bit viral amongst the, I'd say 14 to 17 um, <laughs> year old boy demographic. Um, and yeah, they're not happy. They're, <laughs> I was, I was scrolling through some of those comments. It was just yep. so fucking funny, but, but people are so fired up about it. They're so fired up. I even got a comment the other day from some guy being like, you know, I've worked so hard to get my weight up to the weight that you lift and, you know, um, I have a flat back when I bench. And I'm like, well, work harder, hun. Like, I don't know. What do you want me to say? <laughs> oh, it was so funny. And it's it's like, you know, do they not realise, like, who they're speaking to? And, like, the- it's wild. But I guess I just like to have a joke out of it because, you know, 
I like to I like to have a joke and I like to share it because if there are other women who are getting these comments, I want them to realize it's it's so inappropriate and it's just gross, but it's it's it happens and you know I don't want other people to feel insecure or upset or you know anything like that from trolls. It's easy to, but I want to kind of show them like you know what I get trolled all the time from little boys and. It's funny and you just have to take it with a grain of salt and just it's sort of, unfortunately, it shouldn't be this way, but it is part of being public on social media. And if you do get a nasty comment, either delete the comment, have a laugh about it, but don't get caught up in it. Um, Keep going and, yeah, try not to let it affect you because you'll just, it'll just, they're going to keep coming. So... (laughs) Yeah, that's why I thought it was a funny one, just because I think like the excess of comments um, and crazy. how fired up they were, and it's like it's a fucking bitch. Like you just yeah. I know it's wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then if you go on like even bigger accounts, um, you know, with some of the strongest girls in the world, like their comments are so nasty. Yeah. Um, so you just have to sort of. You know, I always think as well, if someone is writing a nasty comment, like it's just a reflection of them. Like I actually get secondhand kind of like cringe and embarrassment for them. Like, you know, like I'm like, oh, imagine if like that was your son writing that on a on a woman's page. Like I feel embarrassed for them. <laughs> so, I just, yeah, I just don't take it personally. Yeah, I think too, you know, it, it can be really important, especially if you've got, you know, a whole bunch of novice lifters, lifters on your team and maybe they draw some comments like that. Or even, yeah. um, I've even had, I think, some, you know, um, friends of friends sort of make comments on their lifting videos. Um, and it's like, they're not lifting. They're not in the gym. They don't understand anything that exactly. you're doing. Like, don't worry. Exactly. <laughs> like these people commenting, they, they don't lift. They don't go to the gym. They're, they're not strong um, or anything in any capacity. They definitely don't power list. So it's like for me to take their comment seriously would mean that I don't have confidence within myself and what I'm doing. So I'm very confident in what I do. I'm very confident in my ability and my coaching. So I would never let an opinion of someone like that dictate how I feel about myself. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I've absolutely loved it. Um, I'm wondering, Alex, where can people find you best? Yeah, so the best place to find me is through Instagram. So it's just Alex underscore girls who lift. Um, I do have a business page, but I'm going to be honest, I am very slack on there. So my personal page is kind of merging to my business page. Um, so yeah, check it out. Um, if you are thinking of doing powerlifting, um, do it. It is fun um and i have loved being on and meeting you and having a chat this morning as well amazing so guys if you've loved this episode if you've resonated do tag alex do tag myself um, and share it on the socials and i will see you for another episode next week